Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. There's no stopping Burt Bacharach. He's a gifted composer who's been writing pop hits for artists like Dionne Warwick, Elvis Costello, and Dusty Springfield since the 50s. He even wrote Aretha's iconic I Say a Little Prayer. Now, at 92 years old, Burt's found a new muse. That's Daniel Tashin singing. In late July, Burt Bacharach and Daniel released the five-song EP, Blue Umbrella. They might seem like an unlikely duo. Daniel is a Nashville-based singer-songwriter whose connection to country music runs deep. His parents were part of Emmylou Harris's backing band, and he just won Album of the Year at the Grammys for co-writing and producing Casey Musgraves' breakout, Golden Hour. Burt, on the other hand, is a living legend and made his career writing R&B hits for the likes of Roberta Flack and Tom Jones. But as you'll hear in this interview with Bruce Headlam, Burt and Daniel are a perfect match. Daniel talks about learning to navigate Burt's tricky trademark compositions, and Burt says writing for Daniel has given him new life. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's Bruce Headlam in conversation with Burt Bacharach, and Daniel Tashin. Bert, you once said that you didn't know that a song was going to work until you were in the recording studio, until you had the musicians there. What's it like sending something and going, well, I don't know what it's going to sound like because I can't be there? Always for me, in the past, when I knew people would be there all in the, in the same studio, I lived by the credo of um, it was the moment of truth. You lived or died with that song in the studio. It felt good going in, but things could go wrong in the concept. I had this habit. I don't know whether I ever told you, Daniel. When I got in trouble, 
on a date. There's string players out there, and uh, something was amiss in the concept, the way the arrangement was going down. I'd give a break to the band, 10 minutes. I'd go into the um, bathroom, to the men's room, into a stall, just close the lid, sit on the stall, and try to hear this whole scope of where this record was going, where this song was going, and to make sure there were no pimples. If the pimples were there, the pimples drove me into the bathroom. And then you try to, try to work it through, and you don't have anybody leaning on you. You're not at the piano trying to figure it out in a room full of musicians. So for me, it's the moment of truth. That's where you know you got something. So I want to go back to how this collaboration started. It started with a meeting at your house, Bert, and I'd like to hear both of you just tell me a bit about how that came about. Okay, Daniel's on a glow. Daniel's on a winning streak. Daniel's a very, very happy guy, and he had just won the Grammy for Producer of the Year on Casey's record, which was a brilliant record. And you pick it up from there, Daniel. Well, there's a lot of mystery for me around Bert before I met him. And, you know, they say you shouldn't meet some of your heroes because sometimes, you know, you can maybe not have the kind of interaction that you hope for. But in, in, in the case of, of me and Bert, and I do consider you to be one of my great heroes, Bert. Um, Thank you. In that situation, I found you to be very warm and welcoming. You welcomed me into your music room, um, sort of a sunken kind of living room you kind of come down into. And there's there's a piano and up on the wall, you know, are, the, are these Oscars and Grammys and, and Gershwin Award and uh, it's very, uh, very heady stuff for a, gu a guy like me. And um, but uh, you had worked on some music for a little lyric shred that I had sent you, and um, I couldn't help it, man. The tears came to my eyes. It was so beautiful. I loved, I loved the way that you um, made the words that I had written kind of come to life in this, in this um, way that I never, I never could have thought of on my own. And and um, it was just wonderful to be there in that room with you. And I'll, I, I was in, ensconced in a very um, comfortable armchair with a nice cup of tea and you were playing to me right right next to me um on the the beginning of blue umbrella and it's a memory that i i'll cherish all my life and i could say this the thing about daniel i don't think you know i've had different collaborations with elvis or with uh how david my ex-wife carol baker sager there is something about this relationship as it's grown and expanded we genuinely really like each other. And the more time that we work, connect, talk, there's no fear. You know, there's no, you know, you always have a, well, will this future collaborator be something that will like my music? Will it work? See, Daniel's in this, he's got all bases covered because he's, uh, I love the way he sings, which I didn't know until I heard it. I love his musicianship. I love his words. And the thing that I find very interesting, because I think the work has been really productive and really good and proud of what we've done, Daniel. Um, Me too, Bert. And the friendship has grown. So we'll talk at different times. We'll, we'll keep on writing, you know, um, We've got a couple of 
more songs in in the pipeline now. Yeah, we do. And some bangers. Same, yeah, and and the same musicians, <laughs> but they'll instead of all being in the studio, everybody will be in their own house, like in Nashville. Yeah, and uh, being able to um, hear each other as parts are added, it's a it's not the perfect solution, but the sound is good. That was one of my concerns, how it would sound. Stuff coming mm -hmm. instead of off the board in a studio with all the gear. Mm -hmm. But it sounds really good. So that took any fears, concerns of new stuff that we would write. But... Um, I love it that we've we've done this thing with Blue Umbrella and and uh, me too. I, I I'm proud of the songs and whatever happens with it, it pride will always be there. Yeah, I want to go back to what you said about Daniel as a singer. I mean, he's mainly known as a producer. You know, not everybody can sing a Burt Backrack melody. You've got a very particular flavor of melody um you play a lot with the rhythm uh or the beat i guess the time signature um and obviously you've had some incredible collaborators who do you know starting with Dion warwick and many others what does a good burt backrack singer have to have to sing your songs well you don't know what you're going to get with daniel like because we'd worked in a room Till we got in the studio. But I never had any doubt that he's going to sing well. But when I heard him in the studio, he does his homework. He comes in prepared. I'm a big one on preparation. And then, it, you know, it's like what works, it's all interchangeable. Half of it could work, half of it couldn't work. But we'll get through it. But our taste, we kind of understand each other. And in a very, in a very kind of, sensible loving way he's my friend i love you too bert i really do man and um i think one thing a singer needs to do um is to stick to the melody because it's probably a good one you know and i think a lot of singers tend to kind of go into maybe areas where they feel like maybe more comfortable like doing licks or something that they know they can pull off and that 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 are crowd pleasers uh, and that doesn't really cut it with 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 your music, you know. I think you've got to um, be the kind of singer that can that can stick to the to the ink. There was an outro, and uh, we were working in the studio, and I, I, this was another one of those unforgettable moments. But I I just had this. I was tempted to kind of veer off into some more sort of um, you know dreadful kind of um, ad libbing. He sort of said, you know, gently, you know, maybe let's not let's not let's not deviate here. You know, people think that you know, someone who has some harmonic complexity to their music, like Bert, uh, that you would think that he's interested in complexity, but he's actually quite interested in the opposite. He, he really loves simplicity. Um, he really loves um, a simple, um, catchy song, you know. Economics. Very economics, economic. yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what's not there is filling up a space sometimes that's very advantageous. Mm hmm. And the more I've gotten to know you, I mean, I honestly, you know, I 
really do like that about our collaboration that I, um, the learning aspect of it for me and um, the confirmation of things that I've instinctively felt, you know, um, I, I like that. Can you, can you give me an example when you said confirmation of things that you felt? Well, that, that really, that the things that you love, that you and I love, and we listen to all the time, you know, if it's, uh, name anything uh, amazing, whether it's Beatles or, or whatever, you know, it's all really at the end of the day, something that's made sort of of the spirit. It's made um, of the emotion. It's, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not the result of um, a lot of sort of strategic kind of, um, well, if I sing it, you know, this way here, um, that'll have the right effect. No, that's not the way you approach it. It's a feeling that you're feeling and you're, you're inside of that music. And I think, you know, Bert's music for me is very easy for me to, as a singer to inhabit and to uh, exhibit with a lot of um, natural feeling because I do feel those melodies and I do feel those sentiments. So um, there's not a lot of strategy behind it. I think that's, you know, there may be strategy um, in in arrangement and stuff like that, but when it comes to displaying or or creating those moods, it's it's feeling. It's all about feeling and mood, and it's growing together as the song moves moves on. As the song moves on, and it takes shape and takes different turns, and it evolves. From the five songs on the EP, are there? Uh, Daniel, is there, can you think of a particular song or passage that may sound like a distinctive uh, Burt Backrack melody that you just love singing or that you found easy to sing or that you found really hard to sing? Well, they're all tough to sing because what you realize once you get behind the wheel on these things is that there's um, specific jumps, which I would imagine it's similar to when an orchestral musician has to play um, a passage that they've got to make a, a jump that's uh, at a significant distance um, on the chorus of bells of St. Augustine, for example, um, there's a, there's a jump there. It's not kind of, and it's not swooping. It's a specific uh, set of notes that, that it's very fun to sing, but also if you're not in shape, you know, the muscles of the throat, they've got to, um, you've got to uh, sort of stick the landing, you know, otherwise you kind of come off of a jump and you'll be flat. <laughs> That's great. Really? Do you, is it, was, do you remember the particular interval that it was? So yeah, on the chorus of Bells of St. Augustine, there's a, um, there's a figure. Uh, da, da, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. And I love singing that so much. Um, it's a specific series of notes that it's very easy to skid off the rails on that, especially on that bottom note. And um, so those are the challenges for me as a singer. You've got to like tighten, tighten your control up a little bit so you can nail those notes, you know, and there's no auto tune on this project. And I, I told Ryan, our, our wonderful engineer and mixer that um, I really wanted to uh, avoid any, any tuning, any artificial um, help. And just really as a singer, I wanted to grow. I wanted to learn, you know, and get better. And a great way to get better as a singer is to sing some of Bert's stuff because um there's no, you can't really fake it, you know? Yeah. We'll be back after a quick break. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 
to 29.49% based on creditworthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at applecard.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs, on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242-424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people, the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer, So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? By using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle to everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, and 5G connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. We're back with Bruce's conversation with Bert and Daniel. So tell me about the first song you worked on from this great EP and, and how it started. Blue Umbrella. Yeah, I texted and Bert, I texted him basically some lyrics that I um, was kind of tossing around. And um, I've never worked that way before with just sending a lyric to someone. That's a first for me. Um, I'm usually um, involved in people sitting together in a room with, with holding guitars and playing and singing together and trying to come up with something simultaneously. But it was another aspect of this process that was great, um, different for me in a good way. And we've come a long way, Daniel. We have. And Bert, when you first got those lyrics, do you still, do you still play every day or you try and get at the piano every day? Um, not every day. Hey, hey this has kept um, uh, a life going for me this whole process with Daniel. 
with the EP, with with promoting it, with believing in it, uh, and writing new stuff, and a continuing process. We'll get two, three more songs done, and we'll do it remotely because that works. Yeah, we we give the best of what we can do. I think you did some great direction on on um, Blue Umbrella. I'll tell you something funny about recording that song. When we were recording that, we we had figured it out and and we were playing it. And then when we would go to the to um, wonder where you are tonight, we go that part. Yeah. And the drummer yeah. was like going to the ride symbol, and every the band was sort of flourishing on that section. And Bert got on the uh, on the uh, talkback in, in the studio, and he said, "It sounds like everybody's like going to the chorus." And we all kind of looked at him like, what is he talking about? And then I started to understand about the way that you're interested in developing, I think, um, things simmering a bit more, you know, and not kind of um, telegraphing your sort of, okay, now we're in the section that everybody's supposed to like, kind of feel like, okay, now this is the point of the whole thing. But maybe instead of telegraphing what everybody should feel, it was more like, let them let the notes and the chords do the heavy lifting and just everybody just hold steady. Man, that was such a lesson. That was so cool. I, absolutely. I do like a kind of seamlessness, if can be done that yeah. one goes into the other without an announcement, trumpets blaring, you know. Now, Bert, had you worked from lyrics before? I know you you used to often compose and then make up dummy lyrics and then Hal David or someone else would provide lyrics. Did you ever have just a lyric sheet and you say, okay, now I got to create something from these lyrics? Yes, uh, certainly did with Alfie because it had to depict what the movie was about. Oh, so Alfie came in, the words came in first? Absolutely. Oh. And one of the hardest songs, because I wanted to make it perfect, and it dominated my life. How long did it take you to write yeah. that? Three weeks. Three weeks? Wow. Yeah, and I would go, maybe go to theater uh, to see a play, but I'd been working on maybe the pimples in the song, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't enjoy the play, I would wind up leaving the theater, having solved nothing, solved nothing on Alfie, and not enjoyed the play. And all, everything on Promises, Promises, when we did the musical, mm -hmm. all the words, really, that Hal would have to come up, he, he couldn't write a melody out of a Neil Simon script, because the dialogue would go into a song, and it didn't seem to fit to sit down and imagine what the song might be because you wanted to make, again, the seamless thing I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Go from the script, the dialogue continues in, into song because it's just natural. Otherwise, I, I can't conceive of it doing it another way. You know, a little bit what Daniel was talking about, that, that you didn't want people to, to feel the chorus too soon. It's a little characteristic of some of your songs, and Alfie's a good example where sometimes you're not quite sure where it's going. Like it's got a lot of momentum. And then when it ends up, because there's, there's time changes and, and the harmony's complex. Well, you see, yeah. See with Alfie that uh, it just, it took me to another place by having words and became an eight bar phrase or it became a six bar phrase or a 12 bar phrase just by where the lyric took me. Right, wow. 
Uh, I like very much writing to Daniel's words if he sends me. I mean, I had this one phrase on Blue Umbrella, uh, uh, the hook, the chorus, uh, you know, are you still under the same blue umbrella? You know, the way you spaced it out, you added an extra bar, so it became, are you still under the same blue umbrella? And it just, a change like that, splitting the word instead of going, are you still under the same blue umbrella? And that drove the next four bars just by that space. Yeah, it continues to evolve. And, you know, Bert thinks about these things a lot. You know, he spends a lot of time, like I heard that, you know, Duke Ellington could write um, arrangements and orchestration in 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 the midst, middle of chaos with no piano. He could just take some paper out and write stuff. And Bert's the same way. He can sit down at his desk, uh, no piano, and just write orchestration, um, just just write write down violin parts, write down all that stuff. It's wonderful to 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 work with Bert and watch the way that the musical ideas take shape for him, and be able to witness the process for Bert of how um, an initial seed or you know of an idea can can expand in his mind, and what is involved as you're as you're building the structure of a song and a melody. What's involved for him, and what what boxes does it have to tick? It's got to you know. He's got to see the whole length of it, the whole way, all the way through. And then forgive me, Bert, if I'm, you know, telling your stories here for you, but you're right on. But he's got to see the the melody, the long line of the melody all the way through. And then we can start to navigate through there. But um, you know, the collaboration is so great because we say yes to each other. You know, um, you know, he says, I don't think that the um string should come in the first first chorus. And I, you know, I don't say, No, man, we gotta get them in there. And I just say, okay, Bert, that sounds great. Cause I, I trust you. And, um, he trusts my words and the, the, the simplicity of whatever it is that I'm trying to express with that. He trusts it. He doesn't say, Hey, we don't need to be singing about this right now. Um, so we trust each other and uh, that's a beautiful thing. It is absolutely. You know, we were talking about the feeling when you sit down in a in a movie theater and the lights go down and it's a Steven Spielberg film. You know that Steven's got you. Got you. He's gonna he's gonna take you on that ride. There's a similar feeling with with your music. People, you know, they know you you're gonna you're gonna hold them um, in 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 the palm of your hand and carry them through that that song with that that music. Tell me a little bit about Whistling in the Dark about the writing of that. Yeah, well, Daniel sent me a lyric. Well, I was, I'll just say real quickly about the lyric. I just wanted to make something. Um, I like the phrase whistling in the dark because it sounds like, like somebody that's um, going through something hard and, and, and they're kind of consoling themselves by sort of trying to create an atmosphere of lightness, you know, within themselves. And we wrote that song before, you know, anybody knew anything about a pandemic or, or, or any of that kind of uh uh, hard hardship that was about to occur. So there's something about whistling in the dark. That's like, I'm, I'm feeling that song right now because um, I kind of have to take that song's advice and just keep your eyes on, on the, on the horizon and keep your eyes on the light at the end of the tunnel, which, you know, it's going to come. It's just, it's going to be a minute, you know, there was a hint of what was going I remember it was one of the last songs we wrote and there were, there was a sense of uh, whistling in the dark. Yeah. Uh, and things are lonely. So it was almost indicative of what was to come. 
Do you feel that, Daniel? Absolutely. And, um, you know, Whistling in the Dark is one of those examples of sometimes I'll, you'll sing about something as a singer and songwriter, and then you don't realize what you're singing about until later on it seems to take on, you know, more meaning or you realize, oh, I was really trying to process uh, this thing that was happening in my life. And that's a weird thing that I don't know if you can resonate with that, Bert, but. Um, I, I think so. I think because uh, there's an element in that song, like the intro, which is very dissonant piano. And it's sort of like, where did that come from? I wanted to ask you about the. It sounds a little like like Thelonious Monk almost, like it's, yeah, like it's falling apart a little bit, right. And then the ending uh, is uh, also basically asking a question with the strings. You know, where did that come from? Do you remember writing that? That string part is beautiful, and it and. The description of it is asking a question is so interesting. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember writing that bit? What you were thinking, or how it came to you? Um, I knew I wanted, to, and and got a definite push from my partner here. Really, Daniel saying that thing you played on the piano, dissonant, very kind of weird. I love it. So it starts that way, and then. In a very weird way, too. We'll be right back after this break. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part time, or full time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Hello, hello, Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History. If you've watched a professional tennis match recently, you'll know that fans had this amazing new tool at their disposal. It was created by the consulting company Infosys and the Association of Tennis Professionals. It's an immersive 3D viewing experience for tennis fans, which allows them to watch matches from new angles, get real-time statistics, and better understand the inner workings of the game and its athletes. Basically, a completely new, data-driven way to appreciate a tennis match. It's been a huge hit, and I'm proud to say that the Infosys Tennis Platform earned first place in the Customer Experience category at the Unconventional Awards from T-Mobile for Business, an event held at Mobile World Congress in Las Vegas that celebrates customers who've boldly innovated for the sake of meaningful change. And I think it's important to point out that innovation like this doesn't just require a great idea and exploit some great underlying technology. It takes courage. 
because tennis is a game with a long history and some pretty powerful traditions. I mean, you can only wear white at Wimbledon. Still, it's the 21st century. And here was an idea that said we can dramatically change the way a fan watches a match. We can feed them data. We can allow them to see things they could never see before with the naked eye, or even conventional camera angles. If you want to turn a world upside down, you have to have a pretty strong backbone. That's a lot of what the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards are all about. Finding people and companies who show that kind of boldness. I encourage you to enter. It's a fantastic event and a great way to be recognized for your brave, outside-the-box thinking in front of the industry's most influential leaders. And an even better way to say, I told you so. You can enter by July 31st at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. We're back with the rest of Bruce's conversation with Burt Bacharach and Daniel Tashin. The songs you're writing now, because most of these were started, you know, before uh, coronavirus. What are the songs like now that you're writing? Well, um, every song is different. Yeah. We were working on one of the songs, the newer song, it's called 21st Century Man. Um, and it was a, uh, a little bit of a, a piece of music that, that I'd started. And I said to Bert, you know, do you want to work on something that I kind of got started on, but I sort of don't know where to go with it? And he said, sure, let's check it out. So I played this little bit for him. He said, I like that. So there was this one part where you're going that sounds like something I've heard before and we can do better than that. And boy, did we ever. I thought that was interesting because I think I had come from sort of an environment. There's something about being a commercial songwriter in Nashville. And I've spent a lot of years here writing commercial songs very ineffectively. I might add, <laughs> if you look at the statistics for the number of cuts that I've gotten uh, versus the number of songs that I've turned in um, it's pretty ridiculous, but I sort of came from this environment of like, it actually is a good thing if something sounds like something you've heard before, you know? And I feel like you kind of got me back on track, Bert, because really what I want to be is innovative in everything I do. I want to be, I don't want to be sort of giving you a hook because it sounds like, oh, I've heard that hook before, you know, that that's something I can get stuck in my craw. I want to, 
I want to innovate. Me too. And, and I think you, you definitely do. And, and I think my tendencies are sort of leaning more in that direction. I want to make this conversation about the EP and the songs you're doing now because they're so good. Not about your whole career, uh, Bert, because that would take us a month. But just that story Daniel told of you saying, we can do better than that is probably something everybody needs to hear, not just songwriters, but particularly songwriters. Where does that come from? You're now in your 90s. Yep. You're putting out sensational music. Thank you. Uh, and you're the guy saying, no, no, no. We can do better than that. Where does that come from in you? I think it's a, it's a growth process. Neil Simon, when we were doing Promises, Promises, one night made this comment. He said, you know, you can get older, get fatter, but you're not like an athlete who's finished at 32. He said, you get to be 80. That talent that you've got should be nourished. You won't fall back. If somebody says, hey, we got this new singer. Could you write some song for her and just make it sort of like Don't Make Me Over? I wouldn't know how to do that anymore. It's left me. You can't repeat. Do you mean it's left you in that you don't remember how you wrote songs like that or just that that's not something you're interested in doing? I couldn't do it because I did it once. And when it's done, don't repeat yourself. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that the songs are just wonderful. Uh, and it is just a thrill to meet both of you. And I think what you're doing is exciting and I think we can do better is something I'm going to remember the rest of my life. Appreciate you. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, you've been good, Bruce. Thanks to Bert and Daniel for taking the time to chat with Bruce. You can hear all of our favorite Bert Bacharach compositions and his new EP with Daniel Tashin on our playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast. There you can find extended cuts of a lot of our past episodes, as well as new ones. Broken Record is produced with help from Jason Gambrell, Mia Lobel, Leah Rose, Eric Sandler, and Martin Gonzalez for Pushkin Industries. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Peace. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you, 
and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at T-Mobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.